0: Hey, marriage after God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness and listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy. Because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-Day Marriage Prayer Challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today. At marriageprayerchallenge.com.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking a few seconds from listening to our dear friends, Jen and Aaron Smith. We love what they're sharing here at the Marriage After God podcast. I'm Angie Tolpin from the Courageous Parenting Podcast, where along with my husband, Isaac, we weekly tackle relevant topics facing parents today from a biblical perspective and digging into the Word of God. Our mission is to empower and equip Christian parents to raise confident Christian kids in these unprecedented times. Enjoy listening to the rest of the Marriage After God podcast, and don't forget to check out the Courageous Parenting podcast when you're done. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast.
0: We're your hosts. I'm Aaron.
1: And I'm Jennifer.
0: We've been married for 14 years.
1: And we have five young children.
0: We started blogging over 10 years ago, sharing our marriage story in hopes of encouraging other husbands and wives to draw closer to God and closer to each other.
1: We have authored over 10 books together, including our newest book, Marriage After God, the book that inspired us to start this podcast.
0: Marriage After God is a message to remind all of us that God designed marriage with a purpose.
1: To reflect His love.
0: To be a light in this world.
1: To work together as a team.
0: Using what He has given us.
1: To build His kingdom.
0: Our hope is to encourage you along your marriage journey.
1: As you boldly chase after God together.
0: This is Marriage After God. Hey, welcome back. We're Erin Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage After God podcast. Hi everyone. How's it going? We're glad you're here.
1: We're so glad you're here. And in fact, Erin and I wish that you were here, right here with us.
0: Well maybe not. Sitting at a single <laughs> listener. That'd be a lot.
1: <laughs> no, maybe like um
0: a couple of you guys. A few of you. Yeah, a couple couples. That'd be fun. Right. Actually, that would be fun. That's an interesting idea for the future. Um, but if they were there here, what would we do?
1: Well, we'd probably play a game <laughs> have dessert
0: <laughs> dessert for sure and yeah the, a new game probably because
1: well, we've been playing some new games yes sure? we um i don't know who showed us this one of our friends uh showed us a new card game Which quickly became a family favorite. Um, It was a simple enough game for our kids to learn. Our oldest two, so um, Elliot, he just turned eight, and Olive will be six soon. And
0: and they figured it out.
1: They figured it out. They're actually better than us.
0: Yeah, Olive just beat us tonight, actually.
1: So (laughs) if you maybe you already know about this game, but um, it's called Cover Your Assets, and it's about it's a card game about banking and finances. But it's
0: just cards. And it's all about how you stack them and you can steal cards from some people. Yeah, it's got people, that element and... of
1: like challenge and war.
0: Yeah, it's super frustrating because you could be like crushing it, like winning, right? And your stack's getting and then huge. then be crushed. And then like the <laughs> last th- three rounds, all of your cards be taken from you. It's pretty deflating. But
1: well, we've been playing like every night. and uh, Yeah, we, every I'm
0: night gonna... Elliot's like, we, um, when the little kids go to bed,
1: can we can we play that game? Yeah, I'll secret it. Um, yeah, but we uh, looked... At the company that makes this, and they actually make several different types of these card games, and we, we so I bought another one. Now. Yeah, I got Bears and Bees, Bears and the Bees. Yeah, the Bears, Bears and the bees. bees. Yeah, but there's the cards are like honeycomb shaped, and it's all based on color, and it was that was really fun too. It's different.
0: A, it's it's different. It's a, but it's a really fun game. It's about building a hive and getting rid of your cards first. It's these clever, simple games for your. So if you have kids, younger kids, uh, our kids learned them really quick. Mm-hmm. five and six five and seven years old and they're really good <laughs> it's kind of frustrating actually because they're, they're really good at it
1: games are a great way to cultivate fun in the family and just spend that quality time together so just yeah. wanted to encourage you guys with that
0: so a new game for you, it's called uh cover your assets and then the other one's called the bears and the bees or Something so, like that yeah i'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what it's called uh, so get those go check those games out amazon or something like that uh hey before we move on we just want to invite you as always If you haven't left a review yet or a star rating on our podcast, uh, that's one huge way you can support this podcast. Uh, Tons of you have already done it, and we just thank you all who have done it. Um, But if you haven't yet, would you just take a moment after this podcast or anytime you feel like you're uh, available to do that and leave a star rating? And if you have extra time, a written review is just super powerful. It helps encourage us, and it also um, is a testimony to other um, possible listeners Mm -hmm. that might find the podcast. And maybe want to find out what it's about.
1: Uh, Just last week, we received a five-star rating and written review from one of our listeners. And it says, thanks for your real life struggles and hurts and shames and life you share with all of us. So many reality series are bogus. You both are real. Appreciate that. God's blessings to you and your kids.
0: Yeah. And that was written by a full house here, the user on Apple. Um, So we thank you for that. Uh, Super encouraging, actually. Um, It's good to know that just sharing a little bit of our life is encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. So if you haven't done that, uh, when you get a chance, go leave a review.
1: Another thing we'd like to share with you guys, if you haven't had a chance to jump in and sign up for the Marriage Prayer Challenge, we want to encourage you to do this. It's a 31-day Marriage Prayer Challenge. So if you go to marriageprayerchallenge.com, you can sign up for either um, the uh, praying for your husband or praying for your wife. But there's over 114,000 People yeah, doing this—it's cr-
0: it's incredible. It's so
1: cool, and we want you to join us in this. So, uh, go to marriageprayerchallenge.com, sign up, and then for the next thirty-one days, you're going to get a prayer prompt to encourage your prayer life.
0: Yeah, uh, we've been promoting this pretty heavily in the last several episodes because it's the beginning of the year, and we just want to start the year off in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is good anytime, but we let's let's do this as a as a community, as believers. Let's be in prayer more and more. Um, this year. Yeah.
1: All right. So we're excited to jump into today's topic, um, marriage after God podcast. And this is a topic that when Aaron and I were going through, um, we were kind of making a preliminary list of things that we wanted to share with you guys in this season. And I threw this one in there just because I thought it would be fun to talk about. And, now that we're here and we're getting ready to talk about and it, I'm, like even more,
0: need. I'm even more excited <laughs> to talk yeah.
1: about it. Like Aaron said, it's something that we need and it's a good reminder for us going into this next year of uh, how to prioritize not just our life, but God in our life. Mm-hmm. And so the topic for today is about Sabbath rest.
0: Yeah. Uh, rest. Um, but by the way, I just want to make a quick note. I noticed the title of our notes is Sabbath. Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Definitely not, it's sababbath. not sababbath. It's <laughs> Sabbath. It's um, Sabbath, which is a Hebrew word, uh, which means rest. Which, by the way, what a great idea. Right. By God to create rest.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, He's uh, he, he's so creative and He knows us and He, he has this perfect purpose and plan. And mm-hmm. when you look at just, just the simplicity of rest, mm-hmm. you go, wow. Thank you, Lord.
0: <laughs> well, and what's incredible when you look at all of creation, and you just look how He created everything, that there's there's rules that He put in place for the world, mm-hmm. for all creation. Like men and women don't aren't the only things that need rest. Mm-hmm. The ground needs rest. That's that's something you've we've learned mm-hmm. in our our gardens. Like let, letting some ground. Um, Rest, Mm -hmm. um, they, there's these things called, um, like rotating crops. Mm -hmm. You have to have like, like this crop, put this nutrients in the ground, then you change it out and then you put this crop. Um, so rest is not just important for humans. It's important for creation. It's something that he came up with, which is incredible. Um, do you, do you get rest? Speaking of rest?
1: Do I get rest? (laughs) Well, we have five uh, kids. Yeah. Life's a little busy, but we do make time for, for that rest. Um, I would say that it's twofold for me when I think about rest Mm -hmm. uh, or things that I desire when it comes to just myself selfishly. Physically, it's like a massage. Like to me, that's ultimate Mm -hmm. rest. Just I don't have to move. I don't have to think. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, no one needs me. And I'm just feeling pampered. And then spiritually and emotionally, it's like being in solitude. Mm -hmm. Even reading the word or I use the term zoning out a lot when I'm talking with you or the kids, it's like you know, watching TV or mm. just zoning out, not doing anything important. Um, those would be my yeah things that I think about when I think of just fleshly rest.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, I, um, when I get the opportunity to sleep in, uh, that feels restful to me mm. in a similar vein of not no one needing me. I don't have an, uh, obligation or agenda like no I can input just, no output <laughs> I, can just, I can just lay there sometimes not even with my like sleeping just like with my eyes closed mm-hmm. and like laying there um again those are rare but i when that happens it's awesome uh something that also because i'm an extrovert we talked about this in a podcast a long time ago spending time with people is actually really restful to me uh which is not for you. Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> not, but, yeah. but I love it. Yeah, it's but just, it's not restful it's not usually. Not restful, yeah. But for me if like I'm with friends and if it's playing like we just talked about cards or just talking. Mm-hmm. Um that's incredibly restful for me. It's it's thought provoking, it's enjoyable, it's and I usually leave feeling really
1: invigorated. Yeah, excited yeah. about,
0: yeah. Um uh and not just in sleeping but when I have a day that I have no agenda mm-hmm. and no plan. Mm-hmm and no obligation, that's actually really restful. It's something that we, um, and we'll talk about later, is actually something we try and do every week. Yeah. We try and have a day that we don't plan, like we do things on that day, but we don't have a, an agenda.
1: Yeah, it's kind of how we celebrate or mm-hmm. um, how would you say do <laughs> Sabbath Yeah. in our family. Uh, we set time aside to be in fellowship with believers and to worship God, but we also make sure that there's no agenda and we leave it open-ended for
0: yeah an agenda could form at some point in the day but we don't go into it with it like oh we have to be this and we have to do this and we have to do this yeah we try yeah. not
1: to do work all of that kind of thing so we can
0: talk about it a little bit more later okay. but um uh rest yeah uh we don't we all need rest sometimes like i just said the whole all, whole of creation needs rest right
1: yeah especially if you're a parent <laughs> Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, that's like a given like we don't don't get enough of it though
1: (laughs) that's just where my my mind framework is right now because we have littles
0: eat one it and we feel it we feel drained all the time (laughs) yeah i feel like we just talked about this a couple episodes ago but realizing how tired we are as parents you know we can keep going keep going and we're like wait i was just thinking about the other i was like man why am i so tired all the time and I and I look back when I was growing up and my dad was always sleeping on the couch <laughs> or we'd be at a friend's house and he'd be sleeping on the couch or we'd be like, and I'm, I always thought to myself, what, how could he just sleep right now? <laughs> and now that I'm a dad with like kids and working and getting up early. You and, get it. Yeah, I, I go, I'm tired. <laughs> so uh, racism is a, is a God, I, God idea. He invented it. Um, and he even, he even did it.
1: Yeah, he rested.
0: Yeah, why don't you read that verse?
1: I think if he does it, we probably should.
0: Probably, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Genesis 2.2, 2, it says, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Hmm. Which, let me just start out by saying I love he does this right in the beginning.
0: I know, he spends six days working <laughs> and then he t- takes a nap.
1: Yeah, like the example of Sabbath yeah. is right, right there up front.
0: Yeah, and what, what I think is special about this is, first of all, the, the work that he did was good. Yeah. Like over and over and it was good and it was good and it was good. And it was very good. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's creating everything. Uh, but the Bible doesn't say he needed rest. It just says that he rested. Mm-hmm. It says it on, on, for six days he created the world and on the seventh he rested. Uh, so we can probably concur that he just loves rest. That it's something that it, it's his idea. It's something that, that he, had he a desires purpose for, for it. it. And he has a purpose for it. Yeah. Um, so... We don't look at God and say, well, even God needs rest. No, because it doesn't say that. It doesn't say God was tired. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say God needed. He just did. He rested, which is awesome, which means just something I thought about is there's probably lots of times that we think we don't need it and we still should, (laughs) (laughs) right? For us as humans, when in reality, we actually all need time of rest. But I just love that. Yeah. Like you said, right in the beginning, the second chapter of the Bible God gives us an example of what He's gonna do mm-hmm. in the future, what He's doing, and He shows it to us. Rest—it's what we long for as Christians. We long for eternal rest, right, mm-hmm. from all these la- all this labor, all the all the things in the world. we we're, we're longing for rest mm-hmm. and shelter and just being with the Lord forever. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this word rest that you keep bringing up, Aaron, it's from, um, it, if you look up the Strong's, it's seven, six, seven, three, and it means to cease or to come to an end, mm-hmm. desist, which means to abstain or restrain from doing. So we get that, that word, it's um, two sides to it almost. Well, yeah. The, and the word Sabbath. So we keep talking about the Sabbath rest. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible talks about Sabbath. So it's a Hebrew word, um, the word Sabbath, and it's made up of three letters the shin which is like the shape of a w bet which is like a fancy number one and tav and in the ancient hebrew it's almost like a cross Mm -hmm. and um shin so the first letter means to consume like fire like Mm. the picture is fire um and the letter the letter almost looks
0: like fire it looks like fire it's got these like three little flames which is cool
1: yeah um or the word destroy Mm -hmm. um bet which is the middle letter can mean in and Tav means mark or seal or covenant. Mm -hmm. So the picture that I get, if you look at the, you know, scriptures as a whole, Mm -hmm. in light of this world, in light of this word rest, I think of, um, our relationship with, with Jesus and what he came to do. And you're going to talk about this, Aaron, this idea of Mm -hmm. rest in light of what Jesus has done for us. Uh, but, sin being destroyed in the covenant that Jesus brought us, we get rest. Right. So keep that framework for when Aaron talks about this a little bit later.
0: Yeah. And and to be honest, the the Hebrew language is something that we've been learning over the last couple of years of is incredible. Mm-hmm. The letters have pictures that go with them and numbers and, um, and, and meanings and uh, they, they matter. So something incredible Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, Verse 18, he said, for truly, I say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Mm. And those iotas and those, that dot, those words are these small little markings on the Hebrew letters. And so he's pointing out, he's saying that all of what I said in my word, even in my letters
1: it matters
0: (laughs) will be accomplished. Yeah. And none of it's going to pass away until it does.
1: (sighs) It's so cool. So when I brought up the word rest and the definition, uh, earlier, when I think about it in terms of, um, this three letter Hebrew word, I love that it says to cease and come to an end. So it's talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, sin coming to an end in the covenant being destroyed through the covenant of Jesus. And, Um, The other definition was desist, which means abstain or restrain from doing. Stop working for it. So (laughs) as we rest here on earth in Jesus, we abstain from sin, Mm. but he also conquered it on the cross. So I just love all the little pictures in there.
0: And there's a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, And more specifically, in the Bible, the the, the law... Um, wrapped around the Sabbath, which we'll get to, is specifically about not working,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there's like a whole list that yeah. um, Jewish people go by where they, they don't create, they don't do certain things. Um, they won't even
0: prepare food. They'll right. have it all prepared the day before.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things that they don't do in light of um, abstaining from or or ceasing to do that work.
0: Yeah, and and so we're going to distinguish the difference between that, what, what God gave to the Jews and what we have now, mm-hmm. uh, because it matters. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, but there's a, a note you have on here that I thought was really beautiful. <laughs> so I don't know if there, it, there's any like deep meaning in this, but to me it is meaning in maybe it'll be
1: the one thing that sticks with everyone that mm-hmm. you'll learn from this episode. I, Got it from a random comment that I was looking I was looking up on YouTube about the Sabbath mm-hmm. and trying to get information about
0: Sometimes the comments on YouTube are more valuable <laughs> than you, sometimes YouTube, not. <laughs>
1: thank you, YouTube commenters. Yeah. Um, but somebody had left a comment that they seen the word Abba right there in the middle of the word Sabbath.
0: Yeah, and remember remember when Paul says we get to call on him as Abba Father. Abba Father. Yeah, because of what Christ did, our relationship has been made right with God.
1: I just love that kind so, of stuff. So yeah, sweet. <laughs> he's
0: our Abba, which is another Hebrew word. It's like an endear- a term of endearment for a mm-hmm. child to a father. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just think that's awesome. Uh, and when you, when you said that, I was like, I don't know where, that, where we need to go with that, but that's beautiful. <laughs> Let's just share <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it's like right there in the middle of rest is our father in heaven. Yeah. So what is Sabbath? You know, what, what is the, the Sabbath biblically? Um, it's a day of religious observance and abstinence from work. Uh, kept by the Jewish people from Friday evening to Sunday evening. And by most Christians nowadays, it's a, it's a Sunday event. Mm -hmm. So our Sunday going to church, we call that our Sabbath, right? Many of you that are listening probably say, Oh yeah, yeah, Sabbath is is Sunday. Uh, But in the Jewish culture, it's Friday evening to Saturday evening. Um, And there are also some um, Christian um, sects that do Saturday also, but, we're going to get into more about what does it mean for us as believers, but that's essentially what the Sabbath is in the Bible in the old Testament. Um, Um, I also just really want to interrupt for
1: just one second to say that, uh, it when I was looking up, uh, just information on the Sabbath, a video on YouTube had popped up that I wanted to share with you guys. So if you go to the Bible project, um, either on YouTube or the Bible project, is it.com? Probably. Yeah. Do you want to look it up really quick? Uh, we'll look that up for you guys. It, was a really short, brief video on uh, on the Sabbath. And it was very well put together. And so I thought that would be a huge encouragement for you guys to take a look at.
0: It's just BibleProject.com. And so you can go check it out on their website. So there was a thought I had when I was going through researching and learning about rest, uh, starting back in Genesis and then the Ten Commandments. And I thought about this. The Egyptians enslaved the people of Israel for 400 years. Okay. So for 400 years, all they knew was work,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: work to eat, work to live, work to not be punished, work, work, work. Mm. That's what they did. Mm -hmm. And when we come into the scene, when Moses is given the command and the charge to go free his people, that's what they're doing. And then he goes to do it. And guess what happens? They increase the work. He says, "Oh, it seems like they're they're having it too easy." And he makes them, he says, "Don't give them the 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 grass. Make them go get their own grass. Make them get their own clay. Make them." He makes it even harder and they say, "Why are you doing this, Moses? You're making it harder on us." All they knew was work. And then what's amazing is God, he takes them out of Egypt. Okay? He takes them out. He 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 rescues rescues them, not them. He uses Moses to do it, but it's his plagues. It's his power. It's his might that brings them out and he brings them out and they come into the wilderness to be a people for him. He makes them a nation, which is what he promised to Abraham many years earlier. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But to have a nation, you need to have laws. Right. So he gives these people laws and he says, these are my laws. Remember they have no King. They have no judicial system. They have nothing. They were slaves for 400 years right? They were under the rule of another government and what they said went. And now they're ruling themselves. And God's like, I'm going to rule you and here's my commands. And the first three commands he gives them deal with how they will relate to God. No idols, no other gods, right? Don't take my name in vain. So he's saying, this is how you're going to relate to me as humans. And then the last six commands deal with how they deal with each other. Don't steal from each other, don't covet, don't commit adultery, don't lie, all these things. Don't murder. But then right in the middle, it's kind of attached to the relationship to God one, and it's kind of attached, attached to the relationship with people, but it's how they deal with themselves. He says, on keep the Sabbath day holy. You shall do no work. Six days you shall work, This on the seventh you will rest. Mm-hmm. He commands them to rest. Right? So we can look at the commands as like, oh, those are burdens. But think about it. He literally, they, all they knew for 400 years was work. And then he just commanded them, you're not allowed to work every day. <laughs> Isn't that awesome?
1: I, yeah, I think it's beautiful. And I think it's protection. I see the laws as protection.
0: Yeah, and they are. And the, and the laws, of course, they were our tutors, what the Bible says, mm-hmm. to show us that we are sinful. Mm-hmm. Because we break the laws. Right? But think about this. One of the, law, one of the commands of God is rest. He says, you, you don't, don't do any work. It's an, it's actually an abomination. If you do that, I want you to not do any work, which also makes that forces them to trust that God's going to take care of them on that day. True. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and you see that over and over again, when he tells them to, when he gives the manna, he says, only collect enough for the day. Like he, he's showing them how to trust him. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just trust in their own abilities, not their own work and, and own skill, but him. And I just, so that's, that's where we, this starts, this idea of the Sabbath, right? Is, is resting. And, and I look at it as also, it's, a, well, first of all, it's a foreshadow to the perfect rest coming.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like God shows them like, there's going to be a day of rest coming. We see that with God himself on the seventh day, a day of rest. And then he gives them the command, you shall not work on the seventh day. And then over and over and over again in scriptures, they're looking for entering God's rest, and then we find that out and we're going to read that on, in just a few minutes about that rest. Um, but I also see this command because remember in the, in Genesis, remember right before God rested, God made man. And we have this situation that happens where man falls and then God divvies out these curses. Do you remember the curses? Yep. Right. Yep. So Eve is going to have, you know, increased pain in childbirth and her desire is going to be to rule over her husband. And then you have, the
1: man's going to work the ground. Yep. By the sweat Sweat of his his brow, brow. it says
0: that the ground will not produce its fruit Mm -hmm. as it did once before. He'll have to work for it. Yeah. Right. So there's that work. Mm -hmm. Literally the curse on man is work, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. It hasn't changed. Uh, the curse on the serpent is going to be on his belly. Okay. So then he gives this command. Don't work. It's almost like he's showing, Hey, Yes, you're currently under the curse, but with me, the curse can be broken. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's, he's showing us that he's going to break that curse, that you will not be working forever. And I'm not just talking about laboring the ground. We're talking about working for our holiness, working for God's favor, which by the way, for salvation, we can't do, right? Because the ground doesn't produce, but with God, it does. So I just think that's amazing. It was like a gift to them. Mm. So I want to make one more interesting note. Um, I was doing a little bit of research and I I heard someone in the past bring this up to me and I just thought about it when I was thinking about this episode. Um, Did you know that in 1929, Joseph Stalin in in the Soviet Union, uh, he got rid of, like they used to work six days and they would rest on the seventh. And he looked at it and he said, there's, I don't like this day that they're not being productive. Right. Remember this is communism. I control. He got rid of the seventh day. He, he made them work every single day.
1: I did not know this. I feel like I've heard something along these lines mm-hmm. of like the work week before, but I've never really paid much attention to it.
0: Right. Well, it, it did a bunch of things. It got them from not, it got them to stop gathering in religious gatherings. So you can mm-hmm. control that sort of thing. It limited the amount of family time. It was really like a horrible thing, right? So he's like. I'm sure, it was about uh, production too. He wanted production, but he really wanted like Iron control. Fist control. Yeah. But guess what? Hmm. It didn't work. Hmm. But it lasted for 11 years. Huh. For 11 years, people didn't have days off. It was disastrous so- socially and also production declined. So, like, the thing he wanted, he didn't get. He didn't get. Yeah. And so because it was, we weren't
1: created that we're way? We're not created
0: to keep working. It's like
1: God knew, knew his creation. Yeah.
0: And so I just think it's funny when people try and go against that. Even if it's not a dictator, if it's yourself,
2: mm.
0: when we do it, when we are workaholics, when we just push and push and we push feel and we the never chaos. stop, yeah. it's destructive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It break, First of all, it breaks down our, our interpersonal relationships with our families, mm-hmm. with our friends, with our coworkers, with our relationship with God. And so God knew this. He knows how, who we are. He knows how he made us. Rest is necessary. Time off is necessary. If all of you are looking for a reason to have time off, you need it.
1: So turn, turn uh, the volume up because we're going to yeah. jump in a little bit deeper here. Um, okay, so Aaron, you brought up the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And those were found in Exodus. But then the New Testament comes along.
0: Yeah, do we have to... Jesus comes along. (laughs) Yeah, do the Ten Commandments matter anymore? We got Jesus, right?
1: Well, that's the thing. In the New Testament, all of them were reiterated, but one was was one changed? Slightly, yeah. Okay, let's read about it.
0: So, yeah, this is something interesting for those that you want to, if you want to do your own research on it. All of the Ten Commandments are reiterated again in the New Testament.
1: They're like, they're echoed. They're repeated.
0: Most of them by Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, So listen to this. So uh, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, in several places in Matthew 4, 1 Corinthians 8, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Right? So it's brought, it, that nothing changed about that, of course. Yeah. Right? Second commandment, you shall make, not make for yourself carved images. Right? In 1 John 5, Acts 17, little children, keep yourselves from idols. idols. We just talked about idols a couple episodes ago. hmm Nothing's changed about that. God, God's not cool with idols. Yeah. Still, even for the believer. And, and then another spot it says, "But the cowardly, the and unbelieving, and idolaters shall have their part in the lake of, that burns with fire and brimstone." Revelations 21.8. one eight. Mm. That's like the last <laughs> book of the Bible.
1: Okay, number three was, "You shall not take the name of the Lord God, of your God, in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name mm-hmm. in vain." And then um, Matthew 6 9. You can also see 1 Timothy 6 1. It says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name.
0: Yeah, when Jesus teaches him to pray, he mm-hmm. says, Pray and acknowledge the holiness of God mm. and his name. So, right. should,
1: should we skip four and go through the rest and come back to it? Sure. Okay. It. <laughs> Number five honor your father and mother. And then. This is uh, our favorite one, by the way. <laughs> Matthew 19, 19. And we share this one with the kids a lot. Ephesians six, one yeah. honor your father and and your mother. So it mm-hmm. just repeats itself.
0: Yeah. And it's in several other places too, but that nothing's changed about that. Mm-hmm. And actually we get, we get warnings that in the last days, people will be disobedient to their parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like one of the signs that being in the last days that rebellious children
1: and people will be against each other
0: and people will be against each other families. Yeah. And we're seeing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, number six, you shall not murder. Um, An interesting one about this, and we learned this on a video. I can't remember the video that we watched it, but, um, oh, it was a video teaching us how to remember the Ten Commandments. And it said, number six, on the sixth day, what did God do?
1: Oh, he created man. Yeah. Interesting.
0: So you shall not murder, because murder has to do with man. Man. Hmm. So on the sixth day, God created man, and God says in the sixth commandment, don't murder those men.
1: <laughs> and then in the New Testament, Matthew 19, 18, you can also see Romans 13, 9 and Revelation 21, 8. It says, you shall not murder.
0: Yeah, so that, pretty that's, straightforward. that's pretty straightforward. That's uh-huh. an easy one. And number seven, you shall not commit adultery. And that's Exodus 20, verse 14. And guess what? We still shouldn't commit adultery. Matthew 19, Romans 13, Revelations 21. These things, nothing changed about these in the New Testament.
1: Uh, number eight, you shall not steal. And then in Matthew 19, 18, also you shall not steal.
0: Yeah. And then other places we're told, Paul, Paul tells us, he says, if you for the thief, tell him to steal no longer, mm. right? And to work with his hands, right? So we have that that's just reiterated and, and and made stronger in the New Testament.
1: Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Um, again, Matthew 19, 18, you can also see Romans 13, 9,
0: yeah, it seems like a lot of these verses are in the same spots, but they're reiterated. You shall uh, not, you shall not bear, f- bear false witness. witness. Yeah, that's what it is. The last one: you shall not covet uh, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, and then again in, in Romans seven, Romans thirteen: you shall not covet. Uh, and these, so none of these changed. So the, the the just because we got saved and Jesus came and He saved us from our sins and we no longer have to work for our righteousness, which is true because we don't no one can work for their righteousness righteousness is a gift from christ mm-hmm, right and it's bestowed upon us not earned <laughs> but the 10 commandments still matter mm-hmm. they, nothing changed about them but one kind of did and the there's one a in reason the there's a reason for it yeah <laughs> remember the sabbath day to keep it holy exodus 20 verse 8 through 11 okay listen to what jesus said about the sabbath Do you remember when he's walking and I think they're like plucking great heads of grain and the Pharisees, they always, they're just always watching and waiting for him to mess up. Right. They come to him and they say, Hey, you're not even, you're like working on the Sabbath, healing on the Sabbath. All these times he did these amazing things on the Sabbath and the Pharisees were like not having it. But Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made for man, man and not man. For the Sabbath. Mm. So, who's, so are, who's the Sabbath for? Man. Man. Not the other way around. Mm. And then Jesus says this, Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Mm. So he didn't just say, keep the Sabbath day holy. He's showing what it meant.
1: Mm.
0: It says, remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Who's the holy one? He is. Jesus. Remember him. And what are we what is one of the, what, the one things we're told to do whenever we do it? Or uh, we're told to do as often as we do it? Take communion. Communion. To remember what? What he did. What he did. <laughs> so he's showing us who the Sabbath is and who it's for. The Sabbath was made for man. Jesus came for man. man. Mm. So this is this is not, he's not just getting rid of it and saying, oh, Sabbath no longer matters. He's showing why the Sabbath matters. Mm-hmm. But he's showing the reality of the Sabbath.
1: Uh, just for reference purposes, um, that is in Mark 2, 27 through 28. And you can also look in Hebrews 4, 4 and Acts 17, 2.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We can see from all this that the Ten Commandments haven't gone away. They're still vitally important.
1: I was going to say they're still relevant. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, But here's the deal. Back then, following the Ten Commandments equaled righteousness. But what we know for sure now as believers is that righteousness leads to the commands. Right? So we're not saved by following the law of God. We know that but those who are saved follow the law of God,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Hebrews 10, 16 says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. That's how, well, that's what God does in the believer. So um, what happens is that those 10 commandments are no longer the, they're, they're not a mode by which we're saved. They never were, the Bible says, Christ is. But now the 10 commandments are we're able to keep them. We're able to walk in them in the Holy spirit. So he's fulfilling them in us. So do you want to, um, read what Matthew 11, says, Jesus says this about himself. um, and I think it helps paint this picture of what the Sabbath is in the new Testament.
1: Yeah. Uh, starting in verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart And you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Which I just, I I love that he starts out by saying all who labor and are heavy laden, Mm -hmm. like that's the curse that you were referring to. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I will give you rest. And this idea of the Sabbath, this picture that you said that the scriptures painting is, is what Christ did for us. Mm -hmm. And he completed that fourth commandment. Yeah, he, he fulfilled he, it. He fulfilled it for us,
0: and what's amazing is he fulfilled all of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which is why we can walk in them because he did it. And so when he says all who labor, he's talking to Jews who their whole life is about laboring for righteousness, mm. the ceremonies, the all of the commands to follow. All of and there's not just t- ten commands in the Bible. There's like six hundred varying commands. Ways of sacrifice, ways of washing yourself, ways of dealing with this, ways of dealing with that. So, like, that's exhausting. And Jesus is saying, all of you who are working for this, I will give you rest. So where does it come from? Him. Yeah, the, the, the Sabbath comes from Jesus. He said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And then he's saying right here, I am the rest. So when we believe, well, he who believes in Jesus has entered that rest that God promised because Jesus is our rest, right? So there's a verse also that says in uh, 1 Corinthians 3.10, it says... Uh, 13.10. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 13.10. But once the perfect is here, the imperfect ceases, right? So this idea that we see dimly in a mirror, currently we don't see everything clearly, but when the perfect comes, then we will see clearly, Right? And the imperfect things will cease.
1: Okay, what I love about this right here is that tie back into the Sabbath word in Hebrew Mm -hmm. and and the strongs for rest and to cease, to
0: cease. Oh yeah, because it, yes cease and desist, that idea of it's over with.
1: Yeah, so, but once the perfect is here, the imperfect ceases.
0: Ceases. So the things that we used to operate in, the the way of understanding the um, thinking Old Testament, all of the ceremonial things, mm-hmm. all of the feasts and festivals, all everything that they had to do, the unleavened bread, all of the things, those were the imperfect things. And the reason I say that is because the Bible tells us that those used to be shadows. Those were shadows, but we have the substance. Mm-hmm. So those things had value to point people to Christ, point the Jews to Christ.
1: I also love from a fleshly standpoint how when you are working towards something like righteousness, perfection, and you're doing all these things, right. your heart can start to feel proud. And we see that in which we in, be. in those characters, you know, Pharisees, and um, their pride gets in the way of yeah. who they are and what they're doing instead of seeing who Jesus is. And he's, mm-hmm. he tells us in Matthew 11, which I just read, that he is gentle and lowly in heart and he's showing mm-hmm. the contrast, that humility, it's humbleness.
0: And I want to, th- that's really good. And it just made me think one of the biggest detriments to someone not coming to the Lord is their own goodness. I'm good.
1: Mm.
0: I, I don't need God. Yeah. This Jesus, like, okay, why, why would I need to be saved? I don't need to be saved from anything. <laughs> They've they're they're good. They they followed whatever their laws are that they follow, they follow them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right? That I mean they don't, but that's what they think. And so it breaks my heart when I I'm, I find people that they, they see themselves that way because I think, no, the Bible says none are good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So your are you're viewpointing yourself, you see yourself as God. You see yourself in that position. So humility, that's the difference. Like, and he's saying, recognize that you are have labored and that you've labored in vain because you can't. And I will give you rest.
1: And when we're humble Mm. and we receive what Christ has done for us on the cross, we're able to experience that rest. Like think about the, the peace we get as believers when the world can be chaotic around us, but yet we're stable because Mm -hmm. we're in him. And we know that living here on this earth, that this earth is not our home and we can have that, that rest and that peace immediately. And then when it comes Week to week, we operate in that worship time of mm-hmm. being in his rest, especially with other believers and other, you know, in fellowship. Yeah. And that same, that that heart of pride is what keeps people from being able to rest just on a superficial level of work. So, mm-hmm. you know, I you said, go. I'm, good. I'm, good. I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm yeah. good, when really their f- family's falling apart. Mm-hmm. So this i this idea this contrast between pride and humility is really like a it's a mm-hmm. big deal.
0: It is. Uh, so if you ever I, I want to encourage everyone listening to go just read through the book of Galatians. In the book of Galatians, Paul is trying to remind the Galatians of the truth, because people had slipped in and tried telling these new believers that they. Yeah, they can believe in Jesus and that's how they're saved, but they also need to keep all of the Jewish festivals and ceremonies. So they're not just saved by Jesus alone. They're also saved by continuing in all of the uh, rituals that they have to do. They have to be circumcised. They have to do these ceremonies. They have to keep the feasts and the festivals and the new moons. And and Paul's saying, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? (laughs) Why are you again going back to these things? And he tells them in Galatians chapter 4, verses nine through 11. How is it that you are turning back to the weak and worthless principles? Okay. And he's referencing all of those things. He says, do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that my efforts for you may have been in vain. Mm. Because he preached to them the gospel of Christ. That what Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And then they come back and they're like, oh, but we have to work for our salvation. Jesus isn't enough. And Paul's saying, no, no you've, you've missed it. <laughs> those things don't save you. Why are you going back to the slavery to those things? And then you have in Galatians 5.1, he says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And he's referring to slavery to dead works. Mm-hmm. Me trying to work for my salvation. I've got to keep this and I got to do this and I got to do this. Oh, and if I don't do that, oh, if I eat that, I oh, I can't eat that. Oh, and if I and got and he's like, "You're f- missing what Christ did. He fulfilled it all."
1: So, I have a question for you. I know in um in Galatians what you just mentioned, uh Paul's talking to Jews and keeping these principles, but do we as Christians get hung up on this same idea that we have to work for and then overlook what Christ did is yeah. enough?
0: Yeah. We often, I do it. You've done it. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. God couldn't forgive me. That's saying that I didn't work hard enough and that I didn't earn something. God said it, God says it was a free gift that you couldn't work for it. And so, yeah, as believers, we, we fall into that same trap and actually we can cause people to be in that trap. We can, lay burdens on people just like these these Jewish believers laid on these new Jewish believers saying, oh yeah, Christ is all good, great, yeah, you can accept Jesus, but you also have to keep all this and you have to do this. And if you don't do that, then you're not saved, right? Again, none of this is saying that we shouldn't work. The Bible tells us that we have, that God's prepared good works for us to do, yeah. right? God calls us to walk in his commands. Jesus says, those who love me will obey me, right? But all of these things are possible because we're saved not to be saved
1: mm-hmm. and I think it's when we operate in keeping the Sabbath holy that we are constantly remembering him and what he done what he has done for us mm-hmm. and worshiping him in in that and that's what keeps yeah. our mind on heavenly things
0: yeah listen to this Hebrews 4 1 through16. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, okay, so there's that word rest, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. And it's talking about the Jews, the, the Jewish people, when they were exiled, or when they were not exiled, when they were in the wilderness. Remember, they they uh, Moses sinned, and the people grumbled, and God made them wander for 40 years. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And, it, and he didn't let any of that generation enter the promised land. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Okay. So the good news came to them, came to us just as it did to them. It says, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So this is showing the contrast to how the Jews responded to the good news of the promised land, of God's commands, and how Christians respond to it. Okay. Through faith. So then it says, for we who have believed enter that rest. So how how do we enter that rest? We believe. Yeah. So not working for it, not chasing it, not anything we do, we believe. And so as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in, the, in this passage, he said, They shall not enter my rest. Since, there, since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who f- formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward, and the words already quoted, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the, eye, to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. What this That's is a good chunk. I know. And what this, I I couldn't stop going. I was going <laughs> to just do less of it. And I was like, no, I want to go all the way down. But what it's saying is if the rest that God spoke of in the 10 commandments, if the rest that God spoke of when he gave them the promised land that Joshua was going to lead them into was the rest that he wanted them to have, then he wouldn't have spoken of a rest later. Mm. So who is the rest that he spoke of? Jesus. Right. So the rest that we have is the rest that he spoke of. He says, There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has rested from his works as God did from his. How do we rest from our works? What did Jesus say about himself?
1: He said he's the Lord of the Sabbath.
0: Yeah. He also said, Come to me Mm -hmm. and I will give you rest. So this is what the believer looks at. When we look at that fourth commandment, when we look at keeping the Sabbath day holy, what we're looking at is who the Sabbath is. We, He's holy. Mm-hmm. We have him as a gift.
1: What a celebration yeah. it should be,
0: you know? Yeah, so, so here's the question. Is practicing Sabbath wrong? No. Of course not. But if we think that, keeping the Sabbath is something that makes us holy. We're missing the point of the Sabbath. <laughs> we worship the one that is holy.
1: And the one who has made us holy.
0: And he, <laughs> yeah, and who's made us holy, and the one that gives us actual rest mm-hmm. and will bring us into eternal rest when he comes back. So, we, so is it practicing Sabbath wrong? No. But I believe that... What we're to do now as Christians rather than keeping a specific day and that day is holy and set apart what God wants is us to rest in him. Okay? Cuz Jesus is the Sabbath. The the day of rest that he was talking of was came in flesh as man, crucified on a cross, resurrected from the dead, and now sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven interceding on our behalf. He's our rest and it's and that's what we that's where our, our minds should be. So keeping the Sabbath is not wrong, of course. But we need to make sure that we're not looking at the Sabbath as something that we keep to make us holy. It's not.
1: We make it because of the one who is holy.
0: Yeah, we've been made holy and have been given salvation by Christ himself our Sabbath. And so when we do this, should be a celebration. It should be something that reminds us of who, what Christ has done for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are some ideas on on ways that we we rest um, weekly?
1: Well, we make it a point to keep our our what we do is we keep Sundays open, mm-hmm. um, no agenda, which means we are more free to spend time with family, with friends. Mm-hmm. um but most importantly we celebrate god and we worship him we fellowship with other believers we get in his word mm-hmm. we pray uh
0: we like to discuss the word a lot yeah with, it, with each other with our with it with um our friends sometimes um, we
1: just go on drives and just let talk. the kids nap and we'll just yeah. talk about what's god been um, teaching you
0: <laughs> we try sometimes we try and do no technology mm-hmm. like it's not a that that's one of the ones that we don't do every time but Um, I tried getting in habit a while ago of just not even bringing my phone with me anywhere, but, um, that's, that's an idea. Um, but the, I think the big one, like we talked about earlier is, is not scheduling out the day Mm -hmm. because what that allows us to do is just sit and exist Mm -hmm. with each other, with our church. And so we, we, there's no agenda, an agenda might form, but we just want to be there.
1: Something that I try and do in my heart, and I'm not perfect at this, but I do try and uh, not worry about my daily work. And it's hard because I'm like a homemaker, so my my work is in the home. And, you know, there's still dishes to wash and things like that. And I, I do participate in those things, um, but not to the extent that I do on like a normal basis. So I'm Friday, more about it, Friday yeah. and Saturday, I try and, you know, get chores out of the way and things like that so that Sunday can be more peaceful. Mm-hmm. And usually I'll even sometimes go to bed at the end of a Sunday and just leave it all for yeah, the next and day. We deal with it on Monday. And we deal with morning. it then. But what's good about that specifically and personally to me is a heart check of I'm not worrying about it because what's more important to me is that rest. Mm -hmm. So that's just another little thing.
0: Yeah. So those are some ideas for you that that's just our, we just want to have a conversation with you guys about rest Sabbath, how good Jesus is, how, what he has done for us as Christians. Um, and really what he's his, what he did for the world. He came to to be the rest for the world, um, for all those who believe. And so that's why we want to share people and tell people like, Hey, God, God sent his son so you can rest (laughs) in him. Uh, so we, we pray that it encouraged you. Um, it was encouraging to us doing some of that research and looking up, I love Jennifer. I just want to encourage you. I love your love for the Hebrew language. Um, and I know that you're learning. I wish I understood it better. I know. <laughs> I, and I, am yeah, I'm not saying you're like just a scholar, but you're scholarly in the fact that you want to learn it mm-hmm. and you just, you love to dig in and figure it out. And, um, so that was a, a beautiful, um, like you like to call them treasure for everyone yeah. listening. So, uh, we're still doing the things we're grateful for.
2: Yep. This has been a fun little part of the episode.
0: Before we challenge you all listening to say what you're grateful for, Jennifer, why don't you share what you're grateful for?
1: Well, I'm grateful for, drum roll, (laughs) just kidding. Surprise. Food. I, (laughs) I was trying to think of what I wanted to share and I just am really grateful and, and appreciate food. I think that God is super creative. We talked about Him being creative earlier, but mm-hmm. He's so creative in how He made food taste so good. Uh, he also gave us the ability to grow our own food. Yeah. Uh, so I just think that God, I d- I just think God was wildly creative when it came to food, and so being able to taste His creation and experience it mm-hmm. is super fun. I also love that I get to prepare and make food for our family. Um, and you're really good at it. And I'm really grateful for his- So we're a little spoiled. I'm yeah, we, no, we're super spoiled, <laughs> super spoiled. Uh, but I'm grateful for his provision in providing for our family. He's really blessed us, especially
0: with food. Mm. I, someone once said, uh, strawberries don't have to taste good, but he made them taste good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like like why'd God make food taste good? I think we talked about
1: strawberries <laughs> on the last episode too. Really? Yeah.
0: We need to get some strawberries. <laughs> um, I'm th- grateful for the work God's given us. Um, I love being used by him. Um, And I just, I always think about what I said to you when I asked you to be my wife, that I said, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't care what we're going to do as long as we do it together Mm. and for God. Mm. And I feel like God's been faithful to that.
1: Yeah. You've been faithful to that.
0: And you too. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't work with you without you. True. (laughs) Um, You're
1: not not supposed to talk about work though on the Sabbath rest episode. (laughs) Oh, I'm um, just
0: kidding. Yes. Uh, No, but being used by God to encourage Christians. And to point them back to him, mm-hmm. uh, we need it. We, we all need to be reminded. The Bible tells us to sing songs and spiritual hymns and and to to preach the word to each other and to encourage and exhort and, and lift up and build up. And that's what we that God's given us, the ability to do that. And so I just love that. So challenge for you listeners, what are you grateful for? And share it with someone because we want to be people that are grateful because we have way more than we ever deserve. Um, and Jesus alone, <laughs> but on top of that, he gives us good food and family and <laughs> relationships and work and love and rest. Like, and rest. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> As usual, we're going to pray, uh, to close this out. Dear Lord, thank you for the rest that you have gifted us. Thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you that we are able to rest in you now. And thank you for the rest we will have with you in eternity. We praise you, Lord. We pray we would be mindful to celebrate the Sabbath rest you have given us, and may we worship you. We also pray for those who have not yet received your son, Jesus. We pray that they would hear your word and turn to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. We pray for the salvation of those who are lost without you. May you, may your will prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we love you all. We thank you for joining us on this uh, episode. And again, would you guys consider leaving a review if this episode blessed you at all? Um, And I want to remind you that you are our share warriors and prayer warriors. (laughs) Um, Would you share this episode? Email, text message, social media. Just let someone know about it that might be blessed by this. Maybe someone that needs to hear this message of rest and the rest that they have in Christ. Maybe someone who doesn't know the Lord. Maybe they'll hear the gospel. I mean, I hope that we preach the gospel. That's one of our goals for this year, right? And so, would you just share it? And uh, we love you, and we thank you, and we'll see you next week. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.